Welcome to the Spirituality What? podcast, where we explore the mysteries, joys, and challenges of being spiritual beings navigating our unpredictable human experience we call life here on planet Earth. I'm your friendly guide, Rebecca, ready to jump into our adventure of the day. What up, Spirituality What listeners? Welcome back to another wonderful episode on Wednesday. Today, I am here with my good friend, Mike. Um, my husband and I have known Mike for a couple years. This is another one of our meetup friends. And the podcast is not sponsored by Meetup as a note. And Mike leads a spiritual discussion group that we found on Meetup. And we were kind of interested in going to, and it just didn't work out until we got to know Mike a little bit better. And he asked if we would actually host this spiritual meetup group at our house. So we were like, heck yes. And then we started attending. And we originally met Mike through some CE5 and ET groups. Um, so he's, he's into that too. And Mike is had a very interesting spiritual journey. Um, He started from a fairly religious perspective, got into ETs, and then kind of had to reevaluate life. Mike is also the mastermind behind ascensionworks.tv, which is a free and uncensored social and video network for students of the deepest truths of our reality. You can find a lot of really interesting groups. There's courses and content, and we will link to some of the content on his platform as well in the show notes. And I'm thrilled today that Mike was able to join us for a little bit more of a kind of broader exploration into spirituality. This is part one of a two-part episode. And today I'm going to talk to Mike a little bit about The Course of Miracles and The Raw Contact, which are two channeled texts that Mike is really into and knows a lot about kind of what channeling is a lot about love, exploring to love, spiritual well-being through love, and other spiritual well-being practices, both including meditation and prayer. Welcome, everybody. I am here with Mike today, and we're going to just jump right into spirituality. So, Mike, do you want to give a brief introduction? All right. Yeah, I guess it's hard to say what to say about myself, but uh, I've, I've tried to do a lot of different things in my life. I've tried to divide up my work hours now since I stopped working full time to kind of like special creative projects that don't necessarily make me money, but maybe could potentially lead to better, interesting things in the future, which has kind of led to me being more involved in like the UFO communities and helping with mm-hmm. um, the controversial secret space program. I lower now is Corey Good. That's kind of a large part of what I'm doing right now is helping him because I believe in him. A lot of people don't, but that's a huge debate that not many people want to have with me. I don't know why, but I love <laughs> I love that kind of discussion. Uh, but but ultimately, what I care a lot about is you know bringing everyone closer to the truth of oneness and the truth of um, certain spiritual principles that I've come to align with. I love the Bible. I love Jesus' teachings. I feel like that's kind of been my foundation throughout my life. But on top of that, I feel like I love A Course in Miracles. That was a wonderful channeling of Jesus. That's the way I feel. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like Pentecostal churches because they actually believe that you can you can receive words directly from a divine source and have those words be actually divine still today. Um, but uh, 
I also really love the the raw contact books, of course, and that has shaped me quite a bit. And I feel that those are some of the purest, highest light based words that I've ever found. So I love teaching on the raw contact books. And uh, that's I kind of, you know, I've kind of made that more my mission too, to spread that spread that message mm -hmm. that 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 truth of oneness and in those books, which, which is also explained in many different abstract ways, such as through the nature of archetypes that are being expressed from like a divine principle. And so to some degree, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't not talk about spiritual philosophy in my introduction. Cause, cause <laughs> Absolutely. I just, I love, it's part I, of I who love, you are. Yeah. I love making this my mission. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So jumping right into the question that I ask everybody on this podcast, what does spirituality mean to you? Well, I guess I, a part of me would answer that differently based on who's asking it. But okay. since you're asking it, and I've already started talking about archetypes, <laughs> I might as well say that spirituality to me means sort of the transmutation of our identification from that which is material and finite to that which is immaterial, universal, infinite, archetypal in nature, which is more in the nature of God's infinite reality. So spirituality is a process of becoming more and more aware of the potentials of our daily existence to be less and less in an, inside of a tiny box and more broken open to what what is reality even for on the highest level that we can perceive, which is ultimately like I feel a miraculous transformation of all creation to becoming more and more divine and, and holy and that kind of thing, which is also something that's conveniently going to make our lives a lot easier, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I hear this breaking open and this connection or this breaking open is sort of a getting away from this siloed potential being that we are and more in connection and in union right yeah. yeah getting out of our our limited frame of veiled awareness which is kind of what we're born with for the purpose of exploration to have to have a unique human experience mm -hmm. everyone gets to have their own unique human experience just like you're playing a video game for the first time and you get to explore what's possible in this thing with this limited amount of ability, limited amount of awareness of what the rules of this game even are and what's actually going on, and then seeing how far you can take it to the next level. Yep, absolutely. So we might as well jump in, and we'll include in the notes the links to The Course of Miracles and The Raw Contact. But because you already mentioned those, we might as well jump in and talk about what, can you describe what are those books and then maybe kind of your favorite parts about them? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, The Course of Miracles was channeled um, by a woman named Helen Chuckman in the in the sixties, and yeah, I, I probably I, I would butcher a lot of the, the details of of the, the how it came about and everything, but ultimately it's just one of the best books to teach about um, a, a, a training your mind to to perceive reality a little differently, where we're we're less caught in the illusions of of reality, less caught on the illusions that are related to our own choices to see in terms of guilt and shame and fear which are really illusions because there's no there's no solid foundation that the guilt and fear are actually resting on except for our choice to perceive in that way. Mm -hmm. And once you once you break away your your willingness to perceive the world in that way and choose to perceive it in what the course calls the the holy spirit, perceive in terms of the holy spirit's frame of mind, which I mean you could conveniently talk about the fruits of the holy spirit in the, in the new testament which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If you can if you can see that reality is here to teach us to see in terms of love, then and and that, that is actually our birthright, that is our that is always possible that, that we can come back to love if we're willing to see in terms of this is a perfect creation that God created. He did not make a mistake. There is no mistake in creation. 
if you're willing to see it that way, you just see a divine plan unfolding. That's that. I mean, that that to me is the summation of the course that that we get to train our minds to see it in a, in a better way. Okay. And before we jump into the raw contact, can you explain what channeled material is, in case we have folks that are not familiar with that? Yeah. Um, well, to some degree, you have to ask the question: Where do the words in your head come from to begin with? Mm, and, and how very does... good point. <laughs> <laughs> so many people, you know, have have different beliefs about, you know, what what is them? Who, who are you? What are you? And, you know, you can create a little voice in your head that you like to listen to all the time. But there's still something that's choosing those words that's deeper inside of you. And the choice of words can be um, based on a lot of different emotions inside of you. And if you can be more open to choosing words based on something that you don't necessarily yet understand, but you feel is out there, you feel there's a greater, deeper truth out there, you can go seeking inside of you, inside of your mind. You can say, I want to know, how do I, how do I, uh, you know, understand this deeper love in me? And you might, you might receive something, some message from it. You could say it's an entity or another being, or you could say it's another aspect of yourself that's just deeper within your subconscious mind. It, it barely matters because the, the point is, what is, what are you seeking? And what is the response to that seeking that you can be finding? And it, and it just coincidentally turns out if you're more willing to surrender your yourself over to what would might feel like the love of Jesus. You might be more willing, you might be more capable of channeling from a source you could call the Holy Spirit or your higher self or some divine source, which might give you words that don't sound like your normal everyday consciousness at all. Okay. And to some degree, that's what happens with people when they're under you know, hypnotic influence too. When you go deep under, you might have the higher self pop out and start giving some profound discourse that you mm. would have never expected to be able to give with knowledge you would have never expected that you could have had. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so the raw contact is also channeled yeah. material, right? So what is that one about? Well, I would say it's channeling from a, a very different vibration. Okay. And it's a, a, it's a vibration which seems to have transcended duality. And is interestingly, it's, it's willing to talk about good and evil kind of in the same way as being valuable tools for promoting our capability to detach from the sense of separation which I also could, could link to Christianity and say, I see it as detachment from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The fruit of knowledge of good and evil, which is related to judgment when we're looking at things in terms yeah. of good and evil, we can actually detach from that and we can see in terms of more, a more complete, you know, coherent picture of, of reality unfolding based on free will, the choice of the free will, which they call the first distortion of reality, which is a distortion of the truth of oneness. The first distortion of the truth of oneness is free will expressed through infinite ways, mm. um, and that's that's kind of the foundation of um, of everything. These this universe is, is free will, and that from that they say comes love, and from or the logos, and from the logos then comes comes light, and that from light comes all of the manifest creation, all the dimensions and universes come from uh, a choice of free will acting out of love to have an experience of the creator knowing itself. Okay, awesome. So you've talked a lot about love. And I've got I've got here the, you know, you were talking about the Course of Miracles and its reality to see in terms of love and come back to love. So why do we have to come back to it? Where do we go to begin with? Like what hap what happens there? Why are we having to come back to love as as these human beings in this 3D world? That's a really big question. <laughs> Well, ultimately, it's an exploration. We've we've chosen to have an experience of separation, and 
you could say it was a dumb choice, but it, you could also say it's like, why do we go see movies anyway and pretend that this is we're identifying with a character who's in a traumatic situation when we we, we could have maybe just turned you know turned on some News show that's channel, just nature, yeah. just beautiful trees. Ah, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why do we do that? Why yeah. do we bring trauma to ourselves? We were just watching a new movie that we had on our movie list and I don't know who recommended it to us but it was like a horror film and I was like I can't I can't watch this like it's too much I don't need this in my life yeah Yeah. I I I guess there was a point in my life where I enjoyed violent video games much more too (laughs) I feel like there's some connection there or it's like this exploration into oh wow an experience I would have normally never had in my normal life got it you can have have that experience in this sort of safe yeah safe way and maybe to some degree these bodies are like a safe way because we're never really going to die these bodies are a way we're exploring right. a, sort of a loss of awareness of our of our extent, expanded identity. Mm-hmm. And we're coming to this limited form to have a very seemingly limited experience mm-hmm. to see how much we can grow within a little sandbox of our of our consciousness that we have really manicured around our choice in parents and our choice in, you know, astrological factors and all the different things that contributed um, how much money we had growing up. You know, all these things can contribute to the personality that we're kind of wanting to play with as we make these choices before we're born to step into the incarnation and go have an adventure. So is the, is the loss of love or, or the separation from love something we're born with then? In, in a sense, I've certainly yeah. wondered if that's why babies come out crying all the time. It's like, <laughs> what is this craziness you've got me into? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I love, I love talking about, about love. We've talked about it in a couple of other episodes as well as the, you know, when you're having trouble with presence, love is how you, love is a great way to come back. Yeah. And acceptance and forgiveness and balancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that's blocking you from feeling unconditional love, total acceptance for what is the present moment, there's there's a lot of clues that we're always getting with our feelings about about the things in our life in the present moment, and yeah, it's all, all these different things are are teaching us how to break open our heart more. I think. Mm. Yeah. So, what does spiritual well being mean to you? Well, I mean, I, I guess it would be fair to say w- with that concept that love is spiritual well-being, being in a state of love mm. is spiritual well-being. However, there's a part of me that has resistance to saying I will ever feel like I have reached a state of spiritual well-being because okay. I feel, until until I feel like I'm, I have reached the highest level of, of uh, opening my consciousness to all that is, which I've maybe experienced in moments in the past. I know that I have a lot of work to do. And even, you know, even something as simple as psychedelics can show you how much work you have to do right. if, you, if you take a psychedelic and you feel one with the universe and you feel totally open with For love a temporary moment yeah in and time. you go back to your regular life and it's like why is it so much different yeah. it's so much harder to, to find that state of peace and love yeah. and joy um but um yeah i guess spiritual being to me is is ultimately an awareness that that we need to be on the path of love and not be um so distracted by the things that are taking it off taking us off that path um, and that path of love has a destination. It has a goal, which is, um, you know, the highest level of appreciation of love for everyone and oneness with the creator and really becoming transparent in our personality so that only the one infinite creator is what is flowing through us. Mm-hmm. And the nature of our being is more merged in that in that nature. 
but yeah, just, just in general, the important thing for everyone who's struggling is, is literally just appreciate that there's a purpose to everything mm-hmm. and, and having an awareness when you're going through something challenging, that there is actually a, a purpose, a lesson, a, a, you know, a reason for this happening yes. that if you can maintain that awareness, then I think that's spiritual well-being because no matter how crazy it looks, you can always, you can always appreciate that there's something to learn and then embark to learn that. Okay. So what I hear you saying, I think then is from your perspective, spiritual well-being is the ability to take, take a step back and really maybe not set, maybe separate. I don't think I like the word separate, but maybe appreciate the human aspects. So the emotions that are coming through and situations that you're experiencing with this human body, but the spiritual being is really giving you the opportunity to not drown in it. Yeah. <laughs> Necessarily. Yeah. 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 Not be overly identified. Yes. With... Yeah. There you go. Overly identified. Yeah. That. Okay. So what, I guess, how do you practice spiritual well-being based on sort of this definition of not overly identifying and be able to step into love? Like what, what do you do? Well, I, I guess this is kind of touching on religious trainings that mm. have come about from many different religions. You know, meditation is the simplest thing. And it's, you could even say prayer is a simplified kind of meditation too. But you know, being able to, if, if things are overwhelming, you, know, you have to find a way to stop and mm. silence your mind a little mm. bit so that you can listen and perceive from a deeper aspect of yourself that wasn't, you know, wasn't giving the voice that it wanted to give to the degree necessary for you to break through the, mm-hmm. the, the lower limited or um, more transient or temporary or distracting aspects of our thoughts. And, you know, there's always a deeper layer that we can find of, of our mind that will be bringing us more peace once we can, you know, step back and get, get to that. So meditation is huge. Yeah. yeah meditation is super valuable. But, uh, you know, at the same, it's the same time, there's um, ways to actively, you know, pursue with, with our, n- not just silencing our mind, but actively pursuing with our mind to grapple with what it is that's bothering us and try to find a resolution, try to find balance. If there's something that's extremely negative, we can try to imagine the opposite of that in us. And this is something that the Law of One books, the Raw Contact books call the balancing exercises. It's right in session five near the beginning where they say, if you're experiencing impatience, it's actually your job to now find a place of patience within yourself to balance that experience, mm-hmm. to step beyond that particular Im- imbalance and, and, and move more forward into seeing yourself uh, as the truer self, the, the less distorted self, the creator, who, who's neither patient nor impatient, but is who, but who's capable of, of holding those things as, as it is a sense of completeness together at the yeah time. it's yep. a, a sense of wholeness or completeness when you see the two things in balance okay is you have that you have that potential for both of them but neither of them need to sway you into being distracted by from your actual walk that you're on yeah so i want to come back really quick to you've said meditation and prayer mm-hmm. and i'm intrigued by this because i think you see and here, you know, we talk a little bit about in the the very, very first episode of this podcast, religion versus spiritual and religious versus spirituality. And they can go, they can go hand in hand. They don't have to necessarily. Right. But I think that there are, I have some opinions. I'm interested in yours, but there, I think that 
a lot of people might see those as two very distinct things. Yeah. And I, I think you might have a different perspective on that. I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've had to go through different stages of growth and awakening around it. And yeah, I mean, to some degree, religion is just a way of controlling spirituality when people start mm -hmm. going down that path. And so people have tried to put boxes around everything. But, you know, you can you can be in a spiritual state of mind no matter what context you're in. Yes. You can have a very spiritual experience in the context of a lecture in college where somebody's talking about philosophy or or in any even if you're super disagreeing with a pastor in church, you can open open your heart and love to that to that emotion that's being sent at you and 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 you can say wow this is this is a wonderful growth opportunity too in this mm -hmm. moment <laughs> but but at the same time um you know the teachings of jesus obviously are legit <laughs> pretty solid so you can't go too far yeah. if you're if you're navigating through christianity um somebody's got to be willing to read the words of jesus at some point and there's a lot of good stuff in, in the new testament and and I mean, it's a different story with every religion as to how the distortions unfold yeah. and you know i think there's a lot of confusion with with hindus for example because there's just so many texts there's so much so many ancient stories so many books to read and and things to consider that, that there might still be some layers between the truth it was trying to be spoken and what you're perceiving of mm -hmm. that truth and um you know so some some gurus out there may be more close to the truth than others and you may not find any value from a lot of what you're finding. Mm -hmm. So you can have to use your own inner guide, inner, inner voice, inner discernment to find a path that's helpful. And to some degree, I think there's, you know, a million little religions popping up with different authors, different books. Absolutely. Yeah. Spaghetti. I don't know what colander on your head. <laughs> Religion is one. Flying spaghetti yeah, monster. there we go. Yeah. Flying spaghetti monster. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I still want to come back to prayer. Because it's something that is very tied, it, from my perspective, to religion, mm -hmm. prayer, right? People who are religious talk about praying. But the more and more that I've come to embrace meditation and practice meditation, I don't actually think there, I don't see a difference between prayer and meditation at all. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the goal, or, or I guess, so like, what is meditation? It is a focused moment whatever you're focusing on like your breath or calming your thoughts like the focus can be a variety of different things and so in from, from my perspective prayer is just a focus on the words that you're saying right and the yeah. intention and and where they're going maybe yeah. yeah i guess the word meditation can have different meanings to different people yes and that's true one of the one of the meanings of meditation for some people is that it is the attempt to sort of stop with words, <laughs> let the okay. words go. I see. Let the words go and just find peace without without having to think about something mm -hmm. in particular. Although one of the most useful types of meditation might might actually be trying to focus on one thing, right? Be it a, an image or something that could allow at least train your mind to be less distracted and wandering mm -hmm. all over the place. Totally. And prayer can can be one of those things where you know, and also prayer can be a ton kind of channeling too. It can be like an exchange mm. between you and your higher self or the Holy Spirit. And you can actually try to put down your needs. That is where religion often starts with. It'll start, it'll start, we'll start with, we'll just start prayer with saying, what do we need and what do we want? Mm -hmm. And once you start saying, what, how does this actually fit into my higher purpose in life? You, you might see that, well, maybe these needs 
are not what I really was wanting. Maybe what I'm wanting is to you know perceive the goodness and glory in every circumstance and situation. And whatever it is your, your words are that you're wanting to focus on, they can be elevated. And the Course in Miracles uh, actually calls this the ladder of prayer. And, you know, it, it'll start on one level. And when you get to the, t or no, they call it the song of prayer. Okay. The ladder of prayer is something that takes you to the song of prayer. Okay. From, from the initial layers of prayer, which are seeking something, to the highest stages of the ladder, which are essentially just a song that the Creator is singing to itself of the goodness and glory of, of God at all times. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's actually, it's like a it's like a booklet. It's like not every version of A Course in Miracles will have that, the song of prayer. Okay. But it's like, it's it was like an additional channel material that she channeled after the original book. Oh, okay. That they then kind of added. Yeah. Added on. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Has anybody put that to music? No, yeah. but it's it's just a channeled text, but, but it probably deserves a song. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if it's a song, like it should totally be put to music. Yeah. That would pretty be awesome. Yeah. That would be cool. So you have talked a lot. I've known Mike for a little while and Mike has a little kid. And I think it would be really interesting for the listeners to sort of learn about your growth and your spiritual journey that you've had since your son was born. Because I find it, I've had so many cool interactions with Mike's son. Um, so I just think it would be really cool to hear about that. All right. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of karma that I had to face. <laughs> All at once. <laughs> so your son is two? He's, he has just turned two. Just turned two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's still a little little tiny guy. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot to process. Because, I mean, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. It's like, because he's a version of me that I most needed mirrored back to me. Yeah. And I, you know, I can I can tell that. It's like, I, I want to, uh, it's like, I don't know if I'm too much of a people pleaser. And it's like, I want to make him happy. And just, so some agree, I cannot talk about my karma with him without talking about my karma with my wife. Because it's like, she, mm. she definitely wants me to be more strict with him and a part of me just wants him to be happy all the time. Yeah. And, but I know there's always a balance in everything. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, that's about discipline in me as much as it is in discipline in him, because, you know, I, I, I can't be as productive in, in life if I'm, if I'm strictly trying to make him happy 24 seven totally. until he's asleep, but then I'm not getting enough sleep. If I'm only trying to work when he's, when, he, when he's, a, right. When he's exactly. Asleep, yeah. When he's asleep. <laughs> Cause then when are you sleeping? <laughs> yeah. That's another issue. <laughs> A lot of growth lessons. Maybe, maybe in a few years I'll have more lessons to share, or more wisdoms to share. Right now, it's like I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. But, yeah. but I know that he's showing me the need for joy in my life more. Mm. The need to be less um, focused on uh, feeling like I have to put rules on on everything, and less focused on, I guess, my antisocial behaviors. Because okay. he's happy to be. Uh, waving at any, anyone and everyone. I, I kind of told him to be. You know, we walk down the side of the street and I tell him to wave at people and he loves it and they yeah. love it. Yeah. And it's like, how can that not be a great thing? But yeah. I don't have that in me to yeah. want to wave at everybody all the time. <laughs> he can just do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I still, I still, he forces me to be out amongst more people Absolutely. because he wants to go exploring the universe and I have to decide, am I going to feel guilty for letting him play along the side of the street here? Or uh, <laughs> we often go to a school playground now. It's yes. like, we're not enrolled in that school. I don't know if they care. Yeah. They probably don't care. They don't care. They don't <laughs> care. Yeah, they definitely don't care. So that is just the start. Part one of our two-part episode with Mike exploring spirituality. I love talking to Mike. He knows a lot of really interesting things. And it's just a really fun guy to talk to. So join us next week for part two 
And a plug today, it's fun to watch all the statistics on Spotify and the different platforms about the podcast and the impressions. And it would mean a lot to me if you would follow or subscribe to the podcast. So if you're in Spotify, the follow button, it just says follow and it's right underneath the cover art for the podcast. Um, And in YouTube, you can subscribe and it just would mean so much to me if you guys did that. And I'm really having a great time doing this and can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's spirituality what adventure. Subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Visit us on Instagram at spirituality.what to interact, tell us what spirituality means to you, and even provide some of your own personal musings. Human on, you phenomenal spiritual beings.